Thanks for tuning in again, everybody. We're back with your favorite podcast, Lucas, Tigers, and Bronze. Oh, my. Luca Nation community, ladies and gentlemen of the Luca Nation community. As soon as Cage jumped on the record, I clicked record. As soon as he jumped on the stream, I apologize. I clicked record. I want you guys to capture this live. We haven't had a ton of time to connect today. Uh, the big man just got another haircut. He gets about four a week. Uh, he just came from work. Uh, we're going to be bringing this a little bit later for you guys. So this is going to be out, you know, 7.30 Eastern. I was, uh, I took Cage's advice to heart and decided to uh, sit, sit by the pool and drink mimosas on a Friday night. Uh, so I hope you guys don't kill me the fact it's a little bit late. So I want to welcome you guys back. You don't drink mimosas. Lucas, mimosas. Tigers and bronze of mine. Get out of here. Okay, so four topics for you. Mimosa for real? No, forget about the mimosa. That's the first topic. You're drinking a mimosa? No, I was drinking wine. But mimosa sounded cooler. I like it. So tell everybody about this fancy wall you have behind you. What are those? Like, is that an accent wall you got there? What do you got going on behind you? This is some fancy, you know, it's a little video now, man. You got to you gotta tell these folks what the story is there. They're not interested. I love design. I think so much of life is how well you design things. I love interior design. I just do. And uh, when we were building out our family business, we were designing, looking at like how, you know, every room has a vibe. And we actually created an accent wall at our cafe. And I've always loved accent walls. And I love the accent wall behind me. It's uh, kind of got this like, like chalkboardy look to it that I really, really like. And the rest of the apartment's white. I don't know. I just think it's cool, Cage. I don't know. All right. So let's go. Let's get into your topics. Let's do it. All right, brother. Um, so... This is, this is exciting because Luca Nation. So, so here's the deal. This week, we brought you three guest episodes, I believe it was. We brought you a Star Stock special. This is our first uh, play of the week type of episode, play of the day. Which yeah, used go to back be to our roots. Part. Go back to our roots. I love it. Back to our roots. So as we're growing, uh, we're getting more requests to do guest episodes. We're getting more requests from people, you know, hey, can I come on? But I'm curious from Luca Nation, you know, you, many of you guys have been with us since day one. What kind of content do you enjoy? You know, do you enjoy the daily plays and we should do one weekly episode? Really, because at the end of the day, this is for you guys. You know, we love this. We enjoy coming on. So just give us the feedback. You know, uh, we're trying a ton of things. What works for you? Would you want one guest episode a week, two guest episodes a week? Um, but here are the four topics, Cage. Yo, ready for it? We, I'm ready. One week, one week into MLB, uh, MLB season, we, we could talk about that. Yep. We could talk about who your current MVP is for the NBA. Okay. I did a post today, you know, about grading a one of one. Should you grade a one on one? We could talk about that. Uh, card that's a one of one, or and this one's pretty interesting to me. C- collectible, right? The fractional share company. So last week, a Will Chamberlain PSA nine IPO'd for two hundred thousand. One week later, it sold. Or it, they accept it as they call a buyout offer for 350K. Huge increase. I mean, that's what, 66% increase, right? Should they have accepted it? Did they, did they leave a little bit of uh, meat on the bone, as they say? So any of those topics, or feel free to choose one of your own. Let's jump right into that one. I mean, it's funny because I've been doing this for you know a few years now, you know, pretty heavy. Um, that Wilt 9 was one of those ones that I wanted to jump into. Um, I bought a you know, uh, uh, an Alcindor eight and a half instead, right at the same time. That that Wilt 9 was about 40. 
So it's amazing to see, you know, the jump. It's not a huge jump, you know, 5X is, is huge, you know, when you compare to any other investment, but when you compare it to cards, you know, it's not as huge. See, also they went up about 5X also, it's more now. Um, when you when you think of 350, it's close to 10X. Um, so, you know, it's just one of those cards, another one of those showing you that, uh, you know, scarcity rules, you know, those vintage ones, they're not going to be any more nines out there. I don't know, I'm bored of that, 110, something like that, you know, of, of, of Wilt in that 61 clear that you're talking about. Um, so, do I think they left meat on the bone? Here's the deal, with those fractional shares, they're basically, you know, regulated securities. So, they have to um, put those to the shareholders. So obviously more than half the people who own shares and bought in at 200,000 decided that they were going to accept the quick 350. And, you know, they can't, it's, it's not one of those like, oh, collectible decided or anything like that. You know, it's, the, you know, if enough of the shit, just like any other stock buyout, just like what happened with, you know, Collector's Universe or whatever it is, you know, the shareholders get the vote. And if enough of them vote on it, they, you know, they, they, the same thing happened with, um, you know, the Pokemon set, remember, and they voted it down. Um, so, um, you know, I, I listen, that's a cool thing because it just shows you, I mean, even though modern might not be going crazy right now, you know, <laughs> vintage, vintage is going up plenty. The right, you stuff. know, what the first thing I thought about when I heard it was, uh, the accepted the buyout at 350. Well, I would say that's a great purchase at 350 right now. I mean, what card do you, there? I mean, there's three PSA 10s and three, uh, three PSA 10s and 31 PSA 9s. Mm-hmm. I mean, a Mickey Mantle PSA 9, which has a really similar pop report, a little bit less, sold for $5.2 million. Yeah, well, there's three tens of that card also, but I think in 9, there's only six. So a right. little different, but still, yes. I mean, obviously, the Mantle is you know, considered you know, one of those iconic pieces that's just beyond cards where Wilt is not there yet. But with basketball moving the way it's moving, yeah. I mean, that's like a granddaddy of cards, you know? Um, so there's I no see what you're saying. There's no one that's going to touch Wilt. Like, he played in a different generation. He's iconic. You know, there, there's a joke of how many women he slept with. That's it's like, not a joke. That's not a joke. Dude, that's not a well, joke. That's a real thing. <laughs> but I mean by the joke, it's like uh, an urban legend. No one knows the exact number. But, like, that kind of stuff is important. It's like you. It's like you. No one knows the exact number with you either, man. I mean, it's the same kind of thing. You have, like, Wilt-like numbers. Don't, don't, don't be shy. We know. We know. Oh, Forget man. about the Wilt. The 100 I've, I've never put up a 100-point game. Yeah. Well, it's got it's hard to score 100 in soccer. That's the only reason why. So, but you know, I'm I love flattered. that topic. I mean, I think that's a crazy a crazy sale. I mean, but but three, you know, if you told me that card sells for 500 in a month, I wouldn't be surprised by that either. Just because what you're talking about there is such scarcity at that high end of the pop report that all it takes is one or two people that really want to have that card, and you know, you see what winds up happening. You know, and if somebody's gonna be somebody's gonna be paying millions of dollars for an ape. Uh, crypto punk, then why not pay a couple hundred thousand for uh, you know one of the top ten wilts of all time, right? So I don't know if you guys, I don't, I don't know if you guys get these emails from Collectible, but I do. What I found strikingly interesting is the person that they had to uh, announce the buyout was Jack Settlement, the top shot and Zed Horse King. They had him uh, announce the, the the buyout for the the vintage card. Um, I found it funny, but. Anyway, we had Jack on. Jack, Good guy. Jack is everywhere. I mean, he was a fun episode. He's everywhere. I mean, you got to – this is – he's he is – Jack, if you're listening, I mean this in the, uh, you know, in the, in the best way possible. He's the poster child for the new economy. He's the poster child for, for what we have going on, especially this year, maybe during the pandemic, maybe before and, and possibly after. 
he's on to the next thing. You know what I mean? And maintaining some investment in the old, but moving on, he, he seems to find a way to always be ahead of what's going to pop next. So, you know, he's all about the horses. He spent all day on Twitter breeding, breeding horses today, if you look at his Twitter. I don't know what the hell that means, but I think I should know what it means. So maybe that'll be the next thing I research. So NBA, who's yep. your MVP? Jokic or, or Embiid? Who's my MVP for this year? Donovan Mitchell. Really? Yep. I'd go with a dark horse candidate, man. Donovan Mitchell. Team's got the best record, which to me, you know, weighs in what the MVP is. They would not be anywhere near where they are without him. Because, yes, while they have Gobert on the team, Gobert is not carrying a team and he's not an offensive presence the way that Mitchell is. Um, and that would be my that would be my MVP vote. I know most people can be like, God, Cage lost his mind. You know, he's not even in the in the top two. But, um, you know, Jokic, he's had a great year. Take nothing away from him. Both sides of the ball, you name it. But the supporting cast that he has is absurd. You and think they so? added to it. Yeah, man. I mean, he's got a great cast. I mean, does Michael Porter Jr. even get does he even get playing time? Is he a starter? You know, I mean, Aaron Gordon coming over there and basically saying, you know, he's never had such easy open looks, right, because of just the, the supporting cast around him. Um, from the 76ers, the same kind of deal, right? I mean, Embiid, I, I, you know, say what you want about Simmons and his inability to shoot a three-pointer, but if you were a GM of another team and you had to draft – and I told you, you could draft from the 76ers. I don't know if Embiid's even the first player you take. 100% he is. 100%. So, but Ben Simmons is really interesting. I, I've been watching the Sixers, you know, for how long? Simmons is nothing without Embiid, but Embiid is nothing without Simmons, if that makes sense. Like, I'll give you an example. When um, the Sixers, Embiid was injured, the Sixers mm-hmm. just don't have enough offensive power to get buckets. So they can't win games in the NBA because they just can't score enough. But at the same time, there's not a single defender, and I mean this, that's better than Simmons in the NBA, in the current NBA, because Simmons could go and guard Kemba, which is right. crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. Then he could go and guard uh, – he could probably guard Jokic in the post, and you don't see that. There, you don't see a player with that's a point guard that could guard a short, quick guy and then a strong guy like Jokic that's seven foot. It's amazing so it, the way they complement each yeah, other. The team has do. done better. You know, you would think, you know, that's a nice tandem. You would think they would have they would be a little more successful, especially in the postseason, but – it hasn't. It's, he hasn't equated it. Two, two um, matchups I'm excited for are the the Nets and the Sixers when they meet up in the playoffs, which I'm pretty sure they'll inevitably meet. Even though I like Miami, Miami's is is going to be weird because Ariza and Oladipo seem like they're improvements to the team, but they're not. Oladipo might have hurt his knee, by the way. But and I'm also excited to see, and this is a three team, and I'm interested to see Nuggets, Jazz, Suns. These teams are. They're going to meet very in similar. Yep. Very Don't similar listen. team. Yep. I was going to ask you, who's a better team, the Jazz or the Nuggets? Who has a depends, better roster? Depends on the night, right? It depends right. on the night, right? And and none of them are, are a team that I'm going to bet in the postseason until they do it, and none of them have done it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So they all could fizzle out. They all could be first-round exits even because they've just, you know, the, you, you got you to gotta prove it at least once, right? Uh-huh. So. And a complete and, and a complete team in the regular season is way different when you have to play seventy two games than when you have to play seven or four, and your jumpers aren't falling. You know, yeah. you, that's the you thing, play? right? One off night, one off night for their best offensive player, and it's you know it's problematic. You're one hundred percent right. You know, Donovan Mitchell's not playing well, or Devin Booker is not you know scoring forty points. 
you know, that's a very different team. And and when you get to the playoffs, there is a lockdown defender on the other side. Yeah, yes, Somebody, you know, you're going to be up against their best player the entire time, and you have to be able to, you know, you have to be able to, to create. And, you know, we'll for see. Me, was, for me, it's joking just because we've never seen someone do what he does. We just haven't seen that. Um, Embiid is fantastic. Donovan Mitchell, I, I predicted that he's going to have a, a Giannis type of career. So I, I do think in the next two to three years, he's going to win an MVP. But man, Jokic is in, just absolutely insane. I think I saw his PR in the Lameem group is higher than Jordan's. Higher than Michael Jordan's. And I mean, you could say with stats, all that stuff, and I'm not saying he's better than Michael Jordan, but I mean, the guy creates their entire offense and he's a, he's a center. He could he could he he does a fadeaway pull up jumper. He could he could pull up for three, but he's also the best passer in the game. Um, it, it's incredible what he does. It's it's really incredible what he does. Got to put some respect on Lamelo's name when you talk about best passer. I can't even say it with a straight face. I was going to give you shit about best passer and bring Lamelo Ball into it, but uh, yeah, all right. So yeah, Lamelo's a very good passer. He's a very good passer. Listen, if the Joker wins the MVP, no one will complain. I mean, he's had a great year. He's had a fantastic season this year. Um, you know, and that MVP award is voted on before the playoffs even start. So, you know, we'll see what happens. Um, you know what's actually going to – what he's done? And Curry did this too. And it's, it's interesting. You don't actually get a chance to see this till 7 to 11 years down the road. Is He's created – he's brought back the center position. Well, I was going to say that, especially with Embiid, right? So, so does that – does that change the game a little bit? And does it change collecting a little bit? You know, it, is the big man back in vogue when the, 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 front, the top two front runners for the MVP are both big men? I, I do believe so. But I, I think it's going to change the game not now, but maybe in five years when we're going to see a Zion Williamson hype prospect, but he's not going to be a power forward that's 6'7". He's going to be a center that's 7'1", that can ball handle like Jokic, that can pass like Jokic, but he's going to be... Jokic didn't have any hype, so it's hard to build hype, right? He's, he's just generating momentum now. But if he came from college and people were like, wow, this guy's just changed the game, I, I think what you're going to see is kids that are big men want to start playing like Jokic. And then in three, four, five years when it actually plays out, that's when the game will be changed. And people are like, wow, I should start investing in centers that are kind of like point guards. That's my opinion. I don't know. It's a very different center. You know, when centers were popular before, it were post centers. Yeah. They were offensive centers, you know, in the post, you know, and, you know, your triangle, you're, you're, you're in and out. Um, instead of just picking rolls, you know, you can run the offense from the point, kick it back out for your threes. It's just not that type of a center now. Now you're right. It's a seven-foot point guard, basically. Um, Jokic is running the pick and roll. <laughs> the guard so, is setting the screen for Jokic. Yeah, it's backwards. It's like a backwards pick and roll. Exactly. Yeah, so. So, uh, yeah, man, those were two good topics. You got a play for today? I do. Uh, my play is – it's a fun one. So one thing that's kind of common or accepted is the sophomore slump, especially when it comes to football quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. I think Lamar Jackson had that this year. I think a lot of the quarterbacks that people are betting on are going into their sophomore year. So the sophomore slump isn't an accidental thing. The reason why there's a sophomore slump is because – all offseason, offensive and defensive or defensive coordinators of the other teams are scheming. They're watching film on Herbert. They're like, the guy torched us last year. He's not going to torture us again. Right. Right. And remember, division. You play six games within the division, which is basically 40% of the year. Okay. So those guys are like, I'm facing Herbert. I already know the schedule. I'm going to be able to game plan for him. Mm -hmm. At the same time, someone who's completely been oversold, in my opinion, is Lamar Jackson. 
So I'm not saying Lamar is going to be the best passer in the world. He's a little inaccurate. But I think if there's ever a time to buy at the bottom with significant upside, it's right now. And, and what we've seen is a few things, right? One, his cards were oversold. Two, uh, we're seeing this thing where off-season buying is coming sooner and sooner and sooner. So I think that same thing is going to happen with NFL. Like people are already talking about it. Cage mentioned this a ton of times because I mean, guys, I don't know how you see Cage, but Cage is a jokester, but he knows this. He's gone through cycles. So he's talked about this. He said, the time to buy baseball is gone. Yep, it's gone. <laughs> it's crazy, right? It's a weekend to it's see. It's gone. So so okay, soccer. Soccer is what it is. Soccer's not had any track record of success. In but soccer is interesting, though, because they don't have that season. I mean, there are seasons, yeah. but then you have Euro Cup, you have Olympics, you have World Cup. So, like, you know, soccer is an interesting, like, different potential investment thing because it's not a seasonal thing per se. So, God, sorry. To you all. I think so, too. I think so, too. I don't – I think soccer is going to take one to two to three years for us to actually notice patterns, right? Because, sure, we had that boom, that Eiffel Tower with Mbappe, but – it came out of nowhere. There's no predictability of, of it. So we don't know how the soccer market works yet. It's going to take time for us to see patterns. But I'll tell you, one pattern we know is off-season buying. Oh, yeah. And here we have a former MVP. I personally expect the Chiefs to have a down year. Let me clarify what a down year actually means. It doesn't mean that <laughs> it's 12 and 4. <laughs> yeah, like I think it's really hard to get to the Super Bowl three years in a row. And there's a few reasons behind that. But like, first off, you're playing way more games than everyone else. So your team's just naturally beat up more. It's hard to keep that uh, motivation. And here you have Lamar with a bit of a chip on his shoulder. People are under, under like, like he's, he's nobody. He can't throw passes. You know, there's articles that, you know, free agent wide receivers don't want to go to uh, Baltimore. I think it's all baloney. He's a good player. He's a good player objectively. And I think his cards are worth a look. And my play would be a PSA 10 select uh, silver, there's only like 130 of them out there, and it's 800 bucks or best offer. I, I like that play a little bit more than going with his base because his base is seven, eight hundred bucks, but it has a way higher pop. It's like the prison base. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can go that route. I, I don't know the prison base market that well for football. To me, anything with a high pop and is and a base scares me. When especially when you could get a select silver that has a pop 130. Uh, in a PSA 10, that more than likely is not going to go up to more than 150. There's just not a ton out there. And you could get that card for 850 or best offer. I think it's worth a look. I, I really, I like really do. I think so Lamar is the thought, the thought to hold him for the season, to hold him long term, to to buy it now and sell it You know, in the preseason run-up? What's the thought on it? If you have the bandwidth, if you have like, the financial capacity to do this, mm-hmm. it might be worth buying a few. Selling one or two to take your profit and then letting one ride, if you can do that. that That's a cool card where you can – something like that. Like I would want to let it ride, but I'd also want to take profit. The only way you could do that is if you buy two. So let's right. say you buy two, you invest $1,500. Um, let's say by season, by the time season starts, it's a $1,200, $1,300 card, which wouldn't be crazy. I mean it's $750 now, goes up to $1,200. You could sell one and let one ride. Yep, 100% thousand percent a million percent so i'm gonna be i'm gonna i like it uh, now i have to leave and not give a play because i gotta go to ebay and i gotta go check out the lamar jackson price because i think it's a good play i think i would probably be more along the lines of maybe buying some you know some prism base psa 10s if i could find them and just flipping them and selling them before the, the preseason because you're right he's definitely been oversold 
he's definitely a guy, especially with all the quarterbacks out there. You know, you're gonna oh, I'm gonna put some money into Tua. Okay, Lamar is is an MVP already. <laughs> you know what I mean yeah. with a better team. So um, you know, it's just, it's interesting to think about that. And you know, like how we how we you know put our money and and our faith <laughs> into the rookies, into the new shiny toy. You know, Lawrence is gonna come out and gonna be so much money. And yet, Lamar Jackson, you know, if Lawrence comes out and has a year like Lamar Jackson had his MVP year, you know, great. But Lamar already did it, right? So yeah. anyway, it's an interesting thing, right? Um, and you hope he would be, he would improve at least like when you're we're all betting on something like I yep. mean, he's got so much to work with, and all he does has to do is improve a few things, and I'm sure they're working on it. A hundred percent. So, and guys, listen, we're having some fun here. I was making fun of the accent. We'll take a look at the uh, the YouTube channel, right? You got. Uh, you know, it's um, yeah, Lucas Aggies and Browns. We're uh, you know we're, we're we're on YouTube as well. So you know, if you're listening to this, stop over there as well. Um, Paige, we've been on YouTube like officially, officially on YouTube for what like yep. a week and a half, like really putting yep. out content. Like, so guys, it's not just our the video version of our podcast. We're also putting out clips. Our team is amazing. They're doing such a good job with it. We got Some over a thousand. We got wow. over a thousand views. So nice. like so the next thing I got to put in there besides going over to the YouTube channel it's amazing thousand views is we um we have a new Instagram page as well so the podcast has its Lucas Tigers and Bronze page but just check out the Luca Nation Network on Instagram it's its own page if you're following the podcast you should also be following the network and basically that is you know you've seen some of the stuff that we're doing you know we got we got Conrad Luca Nation Conrad you know he uh, he's got some amazing stuff that he's got out there and you know that he's part of that Luca Nation network that we're building up um, and you know it's going to be there's going to be clips on there there's going to be posts on there that you don't see just on the Lucas Tigers and Bronze podcast page so you know if you're listening to this and you're you know one of the fans one of the members of Luca Nation that's a new page just came out this week Luca Nation network go ahead and give it a follow um, we'd appreciate it so my plan it plays a fun one, right? Um, I got I got to go back to the roots, man. I got to do it because you know there's so much Kyle hype. Lewis. Well, there's so much hype. There's so much. Yeah, Kyle, that would be great, right? There's so much hype on stuff, but this is a Kyle Lewis type of play because it's one of those plays where where people aren't looking, right? So I hope our listeners, you know, who listen to this quick and jump on eBay, you know, get the benefit of being one of the first ones that listens, has your notifications on and whatnot, because um, I think you're gonna like this one. Um, I haven't bought it myself, and I was going to today, and I'm like, you know what? Don't buy ahead of these guys. Give our guys a chance. You know, don't buy them. Um, but I'm going, I'm going in MMA, right? And I say MMA and not UFC for a reason, right? Because a lot of people don't realize this, right? There are a lot of money men coming into the hobby now who are not collectors. They're pretenders, right? And they put in search terms on eBay like Tops, Chrome, Refractor, Tops, you know, Panini Prism, whatever it is, and you know, PSA 10. And that's what they're going to buy because that's what they know people are chasing. If they know people are buying with UFC, it's been the tops product. It's going to be Panini coming out this year. It's going to be UFC Prism. I think it's going to shine an extra light on uh, the same way soccer, you know, got got bigger. I think you know people are already looking at UFC, but the people who are looking at UFC are, are not the fans of it. They're not the collectors of it. They're the people who um, think, oh, UFC's next. You know, we had Marvel, we had Pokemon, we had this, so we had soccer. So get some money in UFC, and they look at UFC, they look at the names they know, and they put in tops. They put in Tops UFC, and they put a name in. Oh, they just put Tops UFC, and they look for Conor McGregor. Okay. Well, guess what? There was fighting before Conor McGregor, and there were cards before Tops. 
Uh, you heard what I said. So 2009 was the first time the Topps put out a UFC licensed product, round one. Expensive stuff. That's the one with the Joe Rogan cards with his crazy hands, and they're going for hundreds of dollars for a base card, which I probably threw out when I was opening those boxes. There's so many of them. But in 2008, a licensed product, Domrus. You've heard of it, right? Guys, Domrus is, uh, you know... Panini puts this stuff out, right? You know, it's a Donruss brand, right? You have it in basketball. So Donruss Americana put out a set called Ring Kings. R-I-N-G-K-I-N-G-S. Ring Kings. And it is a fun set. It's a limited set. There are autos. There are relics. There are cut autos. There are promo cards. And there are people in the set like George St. Pierre, one of the legends of the UFC. Randy Couture from Expendables fame, you know, with uh, that movie with... He was a, f- a former UFC champ. Uh, Frankie Edgar was a champ who's in that set. Um, Dan Henderson, Hendo, um, a lot of great names in the set. Very inexpensive. You can get the GSP cards in there. So where I'm going to go is two on this one. Just take a look at it. Put in 2008 Donruss Americano. Just put in 2008 Ring Kings. Right? It's a, it's a UFC slash MMA licensed set. It's not everyone in there is UFC. Cool cards. You're going to see... Um, if you want to take a look, one guy has for ten thousand uh, dollars, Bad Brad, I think it is. Uh, he's got for ten thousand dollars the full twenty-eight card cut auto set. It's pretty cool to take a look at those. Those are pretty limited, um, and you can see some of the guys in the set. Um, Randy Couture, that's a name, guys. That's a legend. That's like buying like Oscar Robertson basketball cards. One of the first UFC champs. One of the one of the first, if not the first, two division uh, champs, um, light heavyweight and heavyweight. Um, there's a promo set. In these ring kings, you know, just just regular cards, you know, promos, and you can get the promo set for like thirty bucks. I mean, you, you can get the the Hendo for five ninety nine, as many of them as you want. You can get the Randy Couture for seven bucks, as many as you want. You can buy them in quantity if you want. And the only reason they're available now is because everybody's just typing in tops. Everybody's typing in, you know, UFC tops. And this wasn't a tops UFC licensed product. It actually predates it, right? So it's one of those like you could buy into Pokemon and be in the nineteen ninety nine, you know, Wizards of the Coast set. Or you can buy one of those Top Suns from 95 or the Japanese from 1996 and be even ahead of the game, you know? Um, so that's what this is. And here's a little little extra nugget for you. And I should have just bought them all myself, but I'm not going to. You guys can get it. Anybody watch The Mandalorian? Anybody a Star Wars fan out there? You know, The Mandalorian? So do you know who actually fought and was the Ronda Rousey before Ronda Rousey? Gina Carano. So she's in The Mandalorian. And she was a, 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 a champ in... Um, in mixed martial arts, she's got a card. She, she sounds like a lawyer. I wouldn't want to face in Gina Carano. Oh, listen, look her up. You wouldn't mind facing her. So Gina Carano, take a look at the card. She's got auto. She's got relics, but she's got a promo card. She's got a base card in there, and it's not expensive at all. And I'm telling you guys, these are one of those things where if, if the people who are buying UFC now knew that this existed, none of them would be left on eBay. They just don't realize it yet because they don't actually collect these cards. They didn't follow this stuff. And, um, you know, they're just typing in tops and UFC and, and buying and overpaying for all these cards. Um, you know, people are paying thousands of dollars for GSP autos and you can get them for significantly less of this particular one. So, again, it's 2008 Ring Kings. Take a look. Buy a promo set for $39, you know, with a couple cards in it. Buy some Randy Couture's for a couple bucks. Um, you know, maybe get them graded with CSG. You know, maybe get them graded with PSA if they ever open up a bulk sub down the road. It's not something you need to rush on. It's something you can stash away. And when people realize, you know, when that Topps UFC stuff is continuing to go up in price, people might want to look at this because it came out before the top stuff. So it's just a sneaky little, you know, play you're literally getting nowhere but here. Let me ask you something. Mm-hmm. 
I'm really curious about this. You know that Dana White sold his stake in UFC? I didn't. Uh, I think when it was bought out, he had a 10% share of it. I didn't. I didn't realize that he uh, that he sold his his stake. He, he sold the remainder with the vision of. Uh, so they tried to do this before. I'll, I'll read you some of this here. It was super fascinating that it's always really interesting to me, Cage, when a company does something very public, but then something that they do very private, right? It's still news, but this isn't big news, and I felt like it should be. So this came out April 1st, okay? Recent. Dana White is selling his stake in UFC with Endeavor set to take 100% control of MMA promotion, Okay. So Endeavor, so Endeavor is the name of a company? Yep. Currently, Endeavor owns 50% of UFC with the other 49.9% owned largely by Silver Lake and KKR investment firms. But Endeavor CEO Ari Emanuel is working to take full ownership. The New York Post, Endeavor wants to make a play for an initial public offering to become a publicly traded company. They first tried in 2019, but ultimately pulled out. And this is something we've talked about with tops going up, IPO. Uh, in the SPAC deal, we work. There's so much money right now in the stock market. Like you're seeing that with companies that are like, I mean, you guys saw GameStop go insane, but that's just the, the tip of the iceberg. If you look at the penny stock companies, even they're trading at insane multiples. And I think right now you're going to start seeing a lot of these companies. What, what, when, what, and this is how I think about it. Our Lucidation community more than likely knows way more than I do. But when you go public, you're trying to help the private shareholders of a company liquidate their assets to the public, right? Trying to raise capital through the public, but really it's private shareholders who started this company want to go public to get uh, some returns on their money. And with so much money in the economy, I think companies just have no choice but to go public because they can make 10, 15, 20x on their returns just by doing that because all of these retail investors now want to invest. So, Lucanation, tell me if I'm right, wrong on this. Tell me your thoughts on it. But I find it really interesting. I think this is just the beginning. You're going to start seeing more and more and more and more companies go public. It's interesting. I don't know if you have uh, a listen, take on it. There's no reason for them not to, but I saw a cool stat. I forget who it was. Maybe Slab Stocks. You know I love those guys. They put up great stats as well. Um, they showed a picture of Tops. And when Tops was bought by the private investment firm that Michael Eisner had, they paid like, I don't know, $350 million for it. Mm-hmm. And it was four, 14 years ago. And now it's $1.3 billion. So it was like a 3, 4x return on the money. And then they showed the Michael Jordan Flair card, which at the time was like, I don't know, 10 grand or 2 grand. And you know, now it's you know, whatever it is. And they're like, look, it's a much better return if you would have just bought the cards instead of the company. So it's interesting, obviously humorous. There is not a market cap on Michael Jordan of $350 million um, in PSA 10. But uh, not yet, at least. It'll get there. So I like it. And I didn't even know that. So I'm going to research that as well and see what it means. But it's good episode, man. This was a fun one. Follow our new page, guys. At Luca Nation Network.